your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Game day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, Leafs and Oilers part three. Third game in a row, third game of the series. And uh, it's really been a very lopsided season series so far. I mean, like Toronto's coming off back to back shutouts, outscoring them seven to nothing, seven nothing, with two different goalies, no Austin Matthews, and they're still rolling. It's been a pretty solid start to this road trip here for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, so we'll we'll tee up the game tonight. Uh, between the Leafs and the Oilers, do our, our our three keys and and all that good stuff. But there was actually some rumblings coming out of uh, out of insider trading uh, last night on TSN's Insider Trading. Dan Dreger mentioned that there could potentially be some interest by the Maple Leafs in acquiring a middle six forward. Well, management would like to bolster their forward group. And look, if you go back two weeks ago, they weren't certain positionally that that's what they would do. But they'd like to give this group a little bit more depth and firepower, particularly in the middle of the lineup, James. So you're talking about a six, seven, eight type of forward. There's been some speculation around Mikhail Granlin of the Nashville Predators. Could there be a fit moving forward between David Poyle and Kyle Dubas? Well, perhaps if the National Predators are willing to retain some salary. Uh, look, Toronto has the prospects, and if necessary, they have the draft picks to uh, make something like that happen. And as long as the Leafs continue to win, then I know Dubas is going to try and bolster the group up front. So Mikhail Granlin is the name that was being thrown out there, and he's not picking names out of a hat, let's be honest. There clearly has been discussions with uh, with the Nashville Predators when it comes to Mikhail Granlin, and he's somebody who kind of checks both of those boxes I was talking about earlier. He's somebody that can play this, you know, down the the, the center of the ice as a third line checker, checking role, or he could play as a, in a top six or a middle six left wing position. Right, that's kind of exactly what Mikhail Granlin is. Uh, the problem again is is going to be the money. Like this guy's making a shade under four million at three point seven five. He is a pending UFA, however. But at the same time, you know what are you going to have to give up to get that, right? So clearly, you're either going to have to give up an Alex Kerfoot player just to to try and make the salaries work, or. Uh, they're going to have to retain some some money, and you're still going to have to to dish out some salary, regardless to make it work. But it, it just won't have to be as big of a player. Maybe instead of you know giving away a Kerfoot, now you only have to move out you know Pierre Engvall or something like that. But uh, Mikhail Granlin's an interesting interesting player. He's got nine points so far through 18 games. Um, you know, this is a guy who a couple of years ago in Minnesota really. Really had uh, some great seasons. Uh, 
as early as what, 2016, 17, had 69 points, uh, followed up with a 67 point season the year after that. And then, really, ever since he got traded uh, to Nashville, it, it hasn't gone as swimmingly. You know, his first season, eh, he split between those two, still trying to find his footing after the deadline. And then last year, 30 points in 63 games, not too uh, not too great out of him. But he's got nine points in 18 games so far this year. He's averaging 19 minutes of ice time uh, per game, which is pretty good. So he's being relied upon as a top six guy over there. Um, and I think that this is a guy who at times has been looked at as a really solid two-way player, right? I, uh, just take a look right now, actually, in those years that he was – uh, 69, 67 point guy. He had some Lady Bing votes. He had he was an All Star votes that year. He had Selkie votes that year. You know he had B- Lady Bing votes the following year. So you know it seems like he's a well liked guy. Uh, plays a good strong two way game. He can play up the middle. He can play on the wing, and he can provide that offensive pop. You know so he can he can give you that little extra bit of firepower that maybe they're looking for. I think Mikhail Granlin is a a great option if he's available. The salary makes it a little tough, obviously. But, I mean, Brandon Pridham and Kyle Dubas have done a fantastic job when it comes to doing cap gymnastics to do whatever the heck they wanted. Like, they've essentially done everything that they've said they were going to do and done everything that they set out to do, and they're just, you know, toying with the salary cap and just doing whatever they want to do. So if they want to make this trade happen, and if Dubas believes that Mikhail Granlin might be the missing piece, uh, depth piece to, to this lineup, I think they'll get it done. Like, I just think it'll it'll happen. Um, but that would be an interesting name. Uh, for, for myself, if I'm thinking of, of another guy that, that potentially I think could be, you know, maybe take over Kerfoot, um, and also, you got to keep in mind, when we're talking about Kerfoot, it's not that I don't like him, but he also does have two more years past this year at $3.5 million. And with the cap being so stagnant, I wouldn't be opposed to trying to move a guy like him out of the lineup and try and bring in you know someone who's either cheaper or is on an expiring deal, and then you can kind of figure out what you want to do with that uh, with with his role, I guess, in the future. You could also look at the fact that Pierre Engvall has actually played a pretty solid the past couple of games as as a third-line centerman uh, alongside McCabe and Hyman. But, you know, I, I just think that Kerfoot's making a lot of money. So so I know I keep bringing him up um, as, as a, a guy who could be trade baits or somebody who the Leafs could use an upgrade over. I, it's just really for me, it's future dollars is the issue. Like the the Leafs have to make sure that they have enough money to sign Hyman. They're probably going to have to make an attempt to sign Freddie Anderson. We'll see what ends up happening there. Dermott's going to be up for uh, up for an extension. I don't see him making less than a million again this the uh, next season. Like they're going to have guys that they're going to have to pay a little bit of money to. So you know, getting out of uh, that deal, Kerfoot's deal, I-, I think would be somewhat beneficial. And if you could do that by trading for a guy who I think is equally as good, has some some Stanley Cup playoff experience, has uh, you know uh, has played a veteran role uh, in his career, a guy like Eric Stahl over in Buffalo, 
look, things are really going off the rails over there. I would probably make a bet that Stahl will be asking for a trade come the deadline. I doubt he's going to want to try and stick it out with that uh, with that team. So, you know, a guy like that who's making uh, you know a little bit less money than than Mikhail Granlin, but pretty much the same amount of money as as Kerfoot, except he's on an expiring deal, and he's someone who comes in. He can still perform at a very high level, I believe so, especially in a third-line checking role. Um, And he's a guy who could play on the power play. He's somebody who, most importantly, has his contract up at the end of the year as well. So, you know, now that we're talking about trade candidates, and we're about a month or so away from the trade deadline, I think Mikhail Granlin checks some boxes. I think Eric Stahl checks a couple of boxes. Maybe an Eric Halla is someone who also could be uh, could be on the move. You know, so so I believe that there are some options here if the Maple Leafs do want to explore, you know, bolstering this middle six forward position whether it's uh, you know, as a as a third line center or a second or third line winger. I think there's a couple of options out there and and to me Mikhail Granlin sounds like that is a target for the Maple Leafs and I'd be on board. Obviously, it depends what the Leafs are going to give up. Would I give up like a Sandine, Lilgren, you know, or like a, a top draft pick? Probably not. Um, but but I don't know if that's what it would take to to get him right. A, a guy on an expiring deal, playing for a team that seemingly looks like they're pretty much folding it in for the season. Going to look to to try and move out guys and pick up some picks or prospects. You know, perhaps they would be interested. Um, and, and like a, a Mac Hollowell, who you know could turn into a decent NHL defenseman, uh, or, or you know maybe just a, a third round pick, or or with some conditions on it, you know something like that. I, I don't think it would be overly expensive to get Mikhail Granlund, but uh, certainly I think that the Leafs are targeting him, or else that that leak wouldn't have got its way to Darren Dreger if that name hadn't been floated around within Kyle Dubas's. Uh, within the the office of Kyle Dubas. All right, let's take a quick break here. And when I return, let's talk about this Leafs-Oilers game tonight. Uh, Before I do, though, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Bilt Bar. I got to tell you guys about Bilt Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Bilt Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just need to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20, and receive 20% off your first order. That's LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, and just a reminder... 
to download this program and subscribe so that you can get podcasts directly to your phone each and every day. Yes, that's right. I give you podcasts, and I give you your leaf fix each and every day. Make sure that you're downloading this podcast. Uh, So the Leafs and Oilers, part three tonight. First two games have definitely gone Toronto's way. We had a 4-0 win on Saturday. Jack Campbell making his uh, return to the pipes, unfortunately, did re-aggravate an injury. So then we had to turn back to Michael Hutchinson last night, or a couple nights ago. And Hutchie boy, Michael Hutchinson, coming through for the Maple Leafs as they defeat the Oilers, blanked the Oilers 3 to nothing, And now we head into this Third game with the Leafs with a 2-0 series lead, I guess, if we want to call it a three-game series. And uh, they could be getting some reinforcements back. Matthews was back at practice today, so I think that he is likely to play. He was skating on line with Thornton and Marner. They didn't exactly say, yep, this guy's going to be playing for sure. Uh, post, uh, post-practice, post he spoke and said, well, I'm, we're going to see how I'm feeling tomorrow. If I'm feeling good and the wrist is uh, feeling a lot better, then, yeah, I'll get out there and give it a go. So it, it seems like uh, he's, he's pretty close. If he doesn't play tomorrow, um, probably will play. I think they got a back-to-back on Thursday the following night. So maybe they save him for that back-to-back game. But regardless, uh, Matthew's really close to coming back. Anderson is also going to be a game-time decision, um, but maybe you give him another night off. Like, Hutchinson might get another start here, right? Campbell's injury, he's not going to be ready tomorrow, so it's going to be either Hutch or Anderson. And if Anderson still is not 100%, still not completely ready to go, I think Hutchinson has earned another start. You know, we're not starving to get Anderson back. This isn't like last year where where. You know, things just went off the rails whenever they didn't have their number one in net. They're winning games this season with backup goalies. I think they're six and one with backups this season. Michael Hutchinson, three and one with like a 949 save percentage, just got a shutout against these very Oilers just the other day. So I think rolling him back out might not be the worst thing in the world for Toronto. He's playing with extreme confidence right now. He's on a high, and most importantly, just get Anderson the rest he needs and make sure that he's 100% for you know the long stretch here, right? Anderson, he tends to get overworked and he tends to get tired. And when that happens late in the season, his play falls off drastically. We don't want that to happen this season because I think the Leafs can make a massive run. So if they can keep him as fresh as possible and give him as many nights off as possible from here until the playoffs, I think that'd be beneficial. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, split the starts 50-50. I think Anderson still needs to see, you know, a bunch of rubber going into, you know, through the rest of the season. Don't get me wrong. He he could go cold, and that's not what we want either. But nights where Anderson, um, you know, it's going into a back-to-back, maybe give him one extra day, and then give the start uh, to him in in Vancouver, perhaps. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. The lineups ha- haven't come out quite yet as of the time of recording this, but uh, Hutchinson, I think, might end up with another start here tonight. Uh, another thing, the Oilers seemingly tossing the lines in a blender at practice yesterday just goes to show how much Toronto has really just like toyed with them and, and, and how badly they've 
they've neutralized this team and and rendered their their offense ineffective over the past couple of games. That the, that the Oilers and Dave Tippett are really just trying to reinvent this offense. They're trying to put together some new things. I don't. Maybe we'll we'll see uh, Drysaddle and McDavid get put on a line together tomorrow night or tonight. And uh, if that's the case, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting because when those two are on a line together in the on the power play, they are nearly unbeatable. And and you just take a look at kind of how poorly uh, Drysaddle's last couple games have been. I mean, you can technically say the well, and McDavid's played well; he's had his chances. But Drysaddle's been rather inexistent, like for Drysaddle, he he doesn't look like a superstar. He hasn't the last couple of games, at least. And I think that when you get shut out in back to back games. All you want to do if you're the other team is make sure that you score. And the best way for that team to score would be to put Dreisaitl and McDavid back on a line together for extended time. And by that, I mean at five on five, even strength, let them start the game. Hopefully, you know, Toronto can can be okay with that. They can kind of be up to the task of shutting that down. But... I think that would be in the best interest of the Oilers, to be quite honest with you. Like, that would be, if I were Dave Tippett, that's what I'd be doing. You're tossing things in a blender. I'm tossing those two on a line together and saying, go out and get your cookies. We need to get the the, the first goal of this game. We got to start scoring on these guys. Or, you know, this this season could, could kind of take a downward turn pretty quick. Uh, you get shut out three games in a row. That's that's not gonna look too fondly uh, on you. That's that's for sure. So uh, it's gonna be a good game, though. I'm hoping that Matthews is back. Like I said, we'll see what happens with the goaltending situation. But uh, it, it seems like the Leafs right now got the Oilers' number. They're doing a great job uh, limiting Drysital and McDavid. Um, you know, there's not too much depth outside of those guys on this team so that's kind of the main mo and uh, with that we'll take one quick more one more quick break and then we'll get to the three keys where i'll kind of expand on the keys that i guess i sort of alluding to in just a moment um but before i do let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors and that's betonline.ag Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. You one-stop shop for all things Lease. Mike DiStefano still with you here. And uh, <laughs> if I were to come into this season, I, I would have looked at almost each and every Leafs and Oilers game and said, bet the over. No matter what, bet the over. And funny enough, I'm pretty sure every single Leafs-Oilers game has hit the under. That's how weird of a series this has been. Um. It just seems like neither team wants to make a mistake. Neither team wants to give, you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner a chance 
uh, you know, they don't want to make a mistake a mistake against those players, and and then allow them to go down to the other end of the ice and score, and then vice versa with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. So we're getting some really reserved hockey right now when these two teams play each other, and it's resulted in a lot of low scoring games. Um, but. We'll see what happens tonight, man. If you want, you can go bet on the game, betonline.ag. The under has hit every game between these guys so far this season. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. I'm not going to make any any uh, you know bets myself, but what I would say is I think the – Hype is about to burst for the Oilers, especially if if uh, if they go back to to Hutchinson and Net. Maybe they feel like they will be able to to get to him early. I don't know, but I will say this for the Maple Leafs: I got three keys in mind to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I'll get to my three keys of the game right now. And my first key: Look. If you don't want this team scoring on you and you don't want that pipe to burst in Edmonton and you don't want McDavid and Dreisaitl going out there scoring, you don't want Darnell Nurse doing his thing from the back end, Tyson Berry, don't want him to have a revenge game, tell you what, here's the first key for you. Just keep up your strong D-zone coverage. You're just playing extremely, extremely good hockey in your own end. It's not even that... They're, you know, taking away pucks and and they're not giving up shots. But, like, it's a total team buy-in, and this just needs to continue, right? Like, McDavid and Leon have really been kept to the outside for the most part. They're not letting him get into the danger areas. And there haven't been that many high-danger chances, right? Like, the slot shots have been considerably low over the past couple of games. And even when they do get shots on Hutchinson or they got shots on uh, on Jack Campbell, they all kind of came from the outside. So if they can keep doing that, who cares? If you, get, if you allow 32, 35 shots in the game, but they're all from the outside and, and you allow your goaltender to see them easily, these are NHL goalies. I know we, you know, we we crapped on Hutchinson quite a bit, you know, early in the year based on last year, but he's an NHL goalie. And clearly, if he's going to see the puck and it's not coming from a bad angle, this guy should be able to make the stop, and he did that the other night. I think he'll be able to do it again. So as long as this team keeps up the strong D-zone play, I really do like their chances of winning this game. But here's the thing. It's been a total team buy-in, and I believe part of that is because of the loss of Austin Matthews. This team just plays a little different when Matthews isn't in the lineup. They tighten up a little bit um, and kind of play a more structured, simpler game, especially, too, when a backup's in net like Michael Hutchinson. But we need to see that happen when Matthews and Anderson are in the lineup too. Because it is an extremely effective way to play this Edmonton team. So they just got to keep it up. No matter who's playing, whether Matthews is in the lineup, whether Anderson's in the lineup, or whether they're not. And they're going to roll with the same lines that they rolled with the other night. I think they just got to keep it up and just keep playing the same way they are because it's really neutralized McDavid and Dreisaitl. Another key, and this is something that's been big for for Toronto and and even worse for Edmonton, um, a quick start. You know, 
Edmonton goes down early, their confidence seems to really get shot. We saw that happen the other night. And I went and take a look. I'm like, I wonder what, what their record is like when they're giving up the first goal of the game. And they're 4-8 and eight when the opposition scores first. So they, they do kind of get down on themselves when they score. And I think the goaltending, like Koskinen the other night, allowed you know a couple of softies. Um, and and even the Nylander goal, yeah, it was it was a nice um, it was a nice backhander, but realist, I I think that Koskinen should have had it. Like there's the, the outside of the Hyman goal, I, I think that Koskinen should have probably saved the other two. Um, so I think you get a quick start. You put Edmonton kind of on the ropes a little bit, and then once they're on the ropes, third key, keep the pedal to the metal. Full 60 minutes, consistency, shift after shift, line after line, each and every one of these guys. The consistency factor is no joke. And when you're playing with structure on a consistent level, this is the type of outcomes that we see. What's been happening over the past few games against Edmonton, this is a result of structure and consistency. You know, they're not giving up big plays to these guys. They're not giving up, uh, you know, they're not having defensive lapses when McDavid and Drysaddle are on the ice and they're not paying for it. They're going out there, they're playing simple, structured hockey, and it's paying off and it's working. So that's what they need to do. They need to get a quick start. They need to keep the pedal to the metal and play a full 60. And most importantly, they got to keep up this strong team defense D-zone mentality that they've been playing for the last little bit. Who matter, doesn't matter who's in in the game, that's the style of hockey that this team needs to play against this Edmonton Oilers team because that's what's proven to be most effective against them. So those are my three keys to the game. When it comes to a prediction, boy, who could predict these ones? But you know what? Had a 4-0 win on Saturday. Had a 3-0 win on Monday. It is now Wednesday. I don't think we're going to see a third straight shutout. But I do think we'll see another Toronto win. And I'm going to say 4-2. to two. And if it's 4-2, I think that's a push. Or it may even be hitting the under. It might be set at 6.5. Uh, but I think 4-2 Leafs will win this game and come away with a full six points and extend that lead at the top of the division to double digits. That's what I think will happen after this game is all said and done. Um, all right, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Lockdown NHL podcast where myself and four other Lockdown hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We will be uh, doing the post game for the Edmonton Oilers game. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.